the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True North AM 1460 FM 101.1. The Answer. Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. or via podcast. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Shining a light on the leaders and luminaries of today and tomorrow. You're listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs. All right, good morning, Southern Colorado. It is Saturday, November 18th. You are listening to True North on AM 1460 and 101.1, The Answer. That means... Well, it's 8 o'clock, and uh, you're probably up enjoying your first, maybe your second cup of coffee this morning. Uh, I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. Glad you're with us. We're steadily, uh, uh, you know, guys, I'm, I'm steadily coming out of my pouting mode uh, from last Saturday's disasters. <sighs> I'll tell you what, you know, it is tough sometimes to be a college football fan for any program. Unless you're Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, you know. And I've seen those people, when they lose one game a season, they come unglued. Okay. But, um, you know, I still love my teams, and I hope you're not a Fairweather fr- uh, fan, because I'm not. Our Air Force Falcons, they're 8-2. and two. They're back home here tonight uh, with the 8-2 and two UNLV Rebs. And... Um, you know, a couple of heartbreakers away from Falcons Stadium. Falcons fell to Hawaii last week, uh, but they still have a very, very strong chance of uh, capturing a 10-win season and a very strong bowl bid uh, for an otherwise fantastic season. So, uh, guys, hopefully you and Coach Calhoun, you, you had a come-to-Jesus meeting, and uh, you are well on your way uh, to taking on the Rebs tonight. You're... Uh, uh, it's a CBS game, big coverage. So we'll see you at the game, and it's you know it's a perfect day for college football here in Colorado Springs. A little sunny, but it's a little chilly. So you go out there, you grab a dog and a beer, you bring your family, and you enjoy the game. You do a little economic development support, you do a little home team support. You know, I, I heard somebody over at Falcons uh, on the Falcon staff say, you know, we are very very happy to be your number two team. You don't have to be your number one team. so And that's probably pretty relatable to a lot of folks because not all of us were in the armed forces. Uh, but if you live here in Colorado Springs, uh, there is absolutely no reason, no loyalties that you would be breaking by going over there and supporting the Air Force Falcons. So unless you're with my guest here in the <laughs> studio, <laughs> who's a Navy guy, uh, we'll cover that in a minute. But um, 
All right, and I got I have to opine a little bit about my Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, they fell to the number one Bulldogs, and man, they got worked like a couple of farm animals. I, I this was a rough day at the office uh, between the hedges in Athens. Uh, I thought we might be the upset game of the week. Uh, we were not. So that is not that was not to be this year. The Rebs are back in action here in Oxford. Here in Oxford, I'm not in Oxford. I'm in Colorado Springs, uh, but my heart is in Oxford, Mississippi, at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium today, and uh, they take on Louisiana Monroe, and hopefully that is one they can walk through, uh, standing up towards the end of the game, pretty proud and nine and two going into their ten game win season this year and uh they they take that home stand today then they go down to starkville mississippi which is never a fun or easy place to play and i am underscore fun it's not fun to go down to starkville starkville's not good uh but we need our egg bowl back and um that would wrap out the 2023 season i I know i'm babbling here but uh you know it's it's tough being an old miss fan (laughs) Uh, it, it just is, uh, cause the heartbreakers are really heartbreaking, man. Um, but nonetheless, our chins are up and we're going to take on Louisiana Monroe and, uh, we're going to poke a hole in their uh, season again. So, but CC hockey, uh, seven and three coming back here to Ebs- Ed Robeson arena. Uh, they are, uh, taking on the Western Michigan guys. These guys are ranked 16 in the country, uh, 6 PM tonight and here later, uh, at Colorado college. So, um, then they have a homestand with 14 rank Arizona State beginning December 1st. Faceoff there is at 7 p.m. So, all right, back to business with uh, that guy who may not put the blue and silver on. Um, I'm sitting across from our district attorney, Michael Allen. Actually, you are a complete gentleman. I, I, I'm, I'm playing with you a little bit here on the Navy Air Force thing, but uh, I do have a bone to pick it with you with Navy. Uh, but we, we, we did take you to town. That's true. You did. Navy's right. not so hot this year. Not yeah. so hot. Yeah. Uh, looks like Commander in Chief may go to Army, huh? It could. Although Air Force could retain it too. You think? Yeah, they could. All right. Well, yeah. I'm with Daniel, or excuse me, Michael Allen, District Attorney for District Four here in Southern Colorado, and uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, brother. Yeah, it's a pro- pleasure to be with you as well. And you know, when I'm not rooting for Navy or my Kansas Jayhawks, I'm always a supporter of all the military academies, including the Air Force Academy. Now, that's the attitude we need to have here, folks. Yeah. That's the attitude we need to have. So, anyway, I'm glad you're here because I know we're coming into an election year and, and uh, we got to get you reelected, my friend. Well, thank you. Uh, because uh, I love your policies. We're going to get into that in the second quarter here. But um, uh, are you going to go to tonight's game? Uh, probably not. Actually, my Kansas Jayhawks are playing the K-State Wildcats in the Sunflower Showdown. That's a big one. So I'll be sitting around with some other Jayhawks at a uh, local establishment to cheer on my Jayhawks. <laughs> what is a good local establishment? Is that soft surface in your house, in your basement, or you're it's going out It's either going to be there or it's going to be uh, the, the KU Alumni Association will host at uh, Wyatt's Pub. Uh, so may go down there as well. Very good. The KU, KU Alumni Association. Yeah. There's such a thing? There is. There's a lot of Jayhawks here. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Jayhawks. Yeah. So what was the poster I saw many years ago, Why the Trees Bend a Certain Way? Have you ever seen this poster? I've never seen that one, though. No. Okay. It says, Why do the trees bend to the east? Uh, I think it was the, Jay- uh, the Jayhawks were talking because, no, it's the opposite. Why do the trees bend west in Kansas? 
It's okay. because Jayhawks suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from our K-State friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, for football, my Jayhawks have been bad for quite a while now, and I'm hoping we can turn the tide on, on uh, the Wildcats this weekend. But I got to tell you, the basketball team looking pretty good took down Kentucky mm-hmm. and uh, they're looking like they're they might be the real deal this year that is a good one to take down so always good in basketball yeah. uh, fun to watch so uh, what pub might we find the good Michael at well if it's to watch a KU game it would be at Wyatt's pub Wyatt's so, pub yeah. very but, good little plug for Wyatt's plug yeah don't, don't get to go there very often but maybe this week well very good this, yeah, for right. this game well, folks, in the second quarter, we're going to get into it with uh, Michael Allen and how he has built uh, a very strong uh, law enforcement program here in Southern Colorado, very collaborative with our uh, first responders here in town. But we're going to get to why uh, law and order here is a big deal. Uh, if you've listened to my other show, Business Digest Weekly, you know uh, our position as it relates to uh, how a strong law and order infrastructure impacts economic development. Well, uh, we need to translate that for the average listener as well. So we're going to do that when we come back here with Michael Allen. He is the district attorney for uh, 4th Judicial District here in Colorado, and he is running for re-election this November. And uh, we're going to get into that when we get back. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. All right, we're going to check in with our friends over at uh, Boot Barn Hall in the Entertainment District that is All Things Notes Live. I'm on the hook with Chloe Heft. Hey, Chloe, what's going hey. on? How are you guys doing? Oh, we're awesome. How about you? Oh, it's so good. Beautiful day today, so I'm real <laughs> excited just to you know, be in Colorado. Well, tell us what's going on up there. Let's have some fun with you. Yeah, so Boot Barn Hall this evening is a Led Zeppelin tribute. Totally, if you guys have enough plans, don't have plans for this evening, please head on out to bootbarnhall.com to get some tickets for that one. Uh, we have a tribute to Journey coming up next week. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but what better thing to do to bring your family out to a Journey tribute at Boot Barn Hall um, on, the, on the long weekend? And then if you haven't already figured out what you're doing for Christmas, the week of Christmas is always wonderful, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, trying to keep those people busy that you love, uh, we have a mind reading and magic show that comes straight from Vegas. Um, They're called the Clairvoyance. That is going to be the week of Christmas. So head out to bootbarnhall.com for tickets for those. Um, But those three shows is what I, what I recommend right now. (laughs) Hey, if we're a business, Chloe, and uh, we've got some entertainment uh, to uh, host our employees, do we still have time to hook into uh, for a corporate party over at Boot Barn Hall or Notes? Oh, definitely. I mean, we have three different buildings that can fit groups of as small as 15 or up to 500. So uh, we have Notes Bar, of course, Bourbon Brothers, Smokehouse and Tavern, and then Boot Barn Hall. Um, speaking of Bourbon Brothers, Smokehouse and Tavern, um, if you are one of those people that, you know, maybe it's just two of you, maybe it's just three of you, or, or however many, and you don't want to cook a giant turkey for Thanksgiving, this evening at 8 p.m., we're, um, we are cutting off our Thanksgiving meal pre-orders. This, this stuff comes comes with, you know, choices of meats and all the fixings 
from Bourbon Brothers Smokehouse and Tavern. For more information on that, um, just head to bourbonbrothers.com. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, uh, uh, Chloe, how, how's the uh, amphitheater coming along? Um, real good. You know, as we were being blessed with some good good weather lately, so they've been <laughs> able to continue work. Uh, once the ground gets hard, it gets a little more challenging. But, um, like right now, Colorado is really sunny and nice, so we're, we're, we're chugging along. Well, we really appreciate you and your sponsorship of the True North Show. You guys are great partners, and I love going over there for Saturday brunch. Uh, once in a while, I see J-Dub over there, and, uh, you know, it's just, they get you got jazz music in the background. I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also, on that note, I love how much you love brunch, but for, for December in, at Notes Bar, we have got a Santa brunch coming. So all right. head over to notesbar.com. Santa's going to come visit and, and it, fill up on that all-you-can-eat buffet and listen to some jazz music with us. So all right. check it out. Chloe F., thank you. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you know, it's a holiday season here in Southern Colorado, and there are some great entertainment coming into the region. Uh, of course, our friends up at Boot Barn Hall, they've got their things going on up on the northern corridor. Down in the southern part of the community, I'm on the hook with Jeff, Jeff Lepsansky, who is the head of sales, marketing, and promotions over at the Broadmoor World Arena and Pikes Peak Center for Performing Arts. Hey, Jeff, are you there, brother? I am, yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad you're here. Hey, fill us in on what's going on and what folks can get tickets for to celebrate the holidays this year. Sure, yeah. On that holiday note, we we kicked things off a little bit earlier this week with Charlie Brown Christmas, so that kind of got us started and and rolling for for the holiday season. It's going to lead us right into uh, the annual Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So we have them coming uh, on the 19th here on Mm -hmm. Sunday. So uh, two shows, one matinee, one in the evening. Um, man, what else? Following weekend, we've got the Nutcracker, the Philharmonic, doing their thing that they have uh, that weekend of the 24th, which is always uh, you know, always a pleasure and always a treat to see that that weekend after Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, man, what else? There's a lot of great stuff. Lindsay Sterling, fantastic violinist. Really excited to have her at the Bravo World Arena uh, coming up here on November 30th as well. Uh, and just, yeah, a slew of other fun, fun family shows right in before, you know, Christmas Day. Absolutely. And, of course, you have non-specific holiday events going on uh, throughout the calendar year. Uh, what what does November and December look like for you? What are some of the highlights? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. There, You know, we've got a few things that we've just put on sale for earlier in the year. Uh, Jeff Dunham is coming back in, He's so in much the first fun. part of, of twenty in the first part of 2024. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, coming up here, We've got the, uh, let's see, the Fab Four will be here in December. We've got um, Home Free in Blue October, a few great bands there. Um, some youth orchestras, the College Springs Youth Symphony will be here uh, as well. So, so yeah, really full slate. Uh, Cirque Musica, another one, just a fantastic show at the Pikes Peak Center where they'll be doing the acrobatics and having some fun with uh, with some, some Christmas theme there. All right, Jeff. Where uh, where would you have people go to get their tickets? Yeah, you can uh, hop on the, the webs, uh, the interwebs, and go to broadmoorworldarena.com or pikespeakcenter.com. We'll have events for both venues listed on each site. All right. We appreciate you keeping us up to speed. We'll check in with you in a couple weeks. All right. Back here in the second quarter, you're listening to True North. Uh, It's an honor to be on the radio with you folks, uh, listening you early birds on the weekends. Just appreciate you listening in. uh, And hopefully, if you're a regular with us, 
You've gotten to know some absolutely incredible people in this community who are moving us forward in one way, shape, or form, whether they're entertainers, business leaders, you name it. Uh, we got the sound of freedom flying over us right now, uh, these F-16s, so uh, good stuff. Anyway, I had the honor of spending about an hour with Michael Allen on our business program, the Business Digest Weekly, here on AM 1460 and 101.1 FM. On Fridays at 3 o'clock, we talked a lot about the significance of a strong DA as it relates to uh, business attraction and economic vitality in this region. And um, that is actually playing out well for Southern Colorado. And I want to help us maintain that trajectory by getting to know this individual a lot better, what he stands for, why he does what he does, why he thinks what he thinks, and what we're up against. Um, Today we get to unpack more about what uh, Mr. Allen has to say about the positioning of strong law enforcement and public safety, which was a keystone topic in last spring's mayoral election, if you recall. Uh, he's running for re-election in November 2024. This is a very important race, and we're going to better understand how the apparatus works with dark money and all that other stuff and why it's important that we as individual voters need to vote. Uh, it's it's always important, and we know that message, but what the, the effect of not participating in voting uh, for informed and insightful people who are trying to keep public safety at the forefront of our economy and the forefront of our lifestyles here in Southern Colorado, it, it's to our own detriment. Uh, so I'm with Michael Allen, current district attorney for 4th Judicial District. Uh, he's across the board from me. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks do, for having me. I know you played with me a little bit in the first quarter yeah. about being a Navy guy, uh, but thank you for your service, sir. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And it's it's good to hear the uh, sound of freedom flying over the top of us this morning. Yeah, sound of freedom is always good. Yeah. Uh, and you and I were talking offline. Uh, you know, we had Megan Letham in here uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was able to announce that the Blue Angels mm-hmm. are, in fact, coming to town at for the Pikes Peak Air Show next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be definitely buying tickets early in the morning on January 1st when they become available. Mm-hmm. Blue Angels are the preeminent air performance show, and they happen to be Navy as well. So sorry, mm. Air Force folks out there. Yeah, how nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you said, you know, they're just, they're, they make the uh, F-16s or, or the uh, Thunderbirds uh, sound a little quiet. A little bit. Yeah, there's yeah. two engines on an F-18 where there's just one on the F-16. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, you got a lot to brag about over there. So, well, let's get to know you a, a little bit personally, Michael. Yeah. Um, and I do really appreciate you taking time out to to have this conversation because not a lot of people interact with the district attorney unless they're sideways mm-hmm. with the law. But, um, well, let's get to know you personally and who, who you are and where you hail from. Yeah. So I'm a Colorado native. Uh, been married with my uh, wife Heidi now for I think it's either twenty eight or twenty nine years this coming January. You she'll get, get after to know that. Yeah, yeah, she'll get after me when I get home yeah. uh, and correct me on the number. Nice job, man. Yeah, <laughs> we've got two uh, two great sons. Uh, my oldest is a teacher, uh, middle school history teacher, and my youngest is currently serving in the Navy, in the Navy as well. So very good. Yeah. I appreciate it. So uh, you went to Arvada West High School. I did. Yeah. So you're Denver Wildcats, guy. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. And uh, how did you end up in the military? 
So just, you know, when I was getting out of high school, I didn't necessarily think that I was ready to go on and be successful in college. So I figured I could contribute to society by joining the Navy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, being in a landlocked state like Colorado, the Navy made perfect sense, right? There's (laughs) lots of beachfront property available up in Arvada. So joined the Navy and uh, worked on F-18 radar. So got to know that that aircraft pretty well. And um, and then uh, just decided that it was time to get out and, and then went to law school out at the uh, University of Kansas. Yeah. So, was I mean, was law school in your crosshairs before you went to the Navy or no? It was an inkling is yeah. is the best way I would describe it. My mom would tell me as a youngster that uh, I like to argue so much that I ought to go to law school. And I think she probably <laughs> inadvertently planted a seed. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> well, which may not be a great indicator for me because I got a daughter at home and walk run circles around me well uh yeah. there, there might be a law school in her future you never know yeah that's that's what i'm told so <laughs> uh but you, you did your undergrad uh unc that's right yeah you're a bear golden bear yeah and and coincidentally the golden bears unc is the only college in the state of colorado that has an outright national championship in football in fact they have two of them back to back so you can't claim that no i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure there are many who can yeah that's actually pretty cool yeah all right so how did uh how did university of kansas become uh an option for you yeah you know just looking at um law schools and and where i might want to go a lot of the advice i heard from people that uh, i relied on heavily said try to pick something that's regional that in in an area that you want to be in and so kansas obviously is a border state to where we are now mm-hmm. and uh just looked at law schools and, and decided that was a good fit for us we you know my wife and i were married already and had both of our boys so we wanted to look for some place that was family friendly as well and lawrence kansas definitely fit the bill and was close enough that we could get back and visit family and they could come out and visit us as well so right so you finished up yeah and uh who'd you go to work for first well i went to law school being a colorado guy with the idea of potentially doing water law. And so I took environmental law and administrative law, that kind of stuff, and then got an internship with the DA's office out in Johnson County, Kansas, which is sort of the big suburb of uh, the Kansas City metro area on the Kansas side, and fell in love with prosecution. Uh, You know, did a bunch of trials as an intern, uh, really loved the process and what it stood for, and being service-minded already, as evidenced by joining the Navy. Mm Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a natural way to continue that service to a community that I love and have been doing it now for, I guess, 18, almost 20 years, 19 years. Very good. So how'd Colorado Springs come into focus for you? Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we always had in our minds that we were going to come back to Colorado. Uh, it, It was important to have our kids raised around their grandparents and that sort of thing. Just looking for an opportunity to get back and sent an application to Dan May, who was the DA at the time, uh, to come back to the, uh, to Colorado and came out here for an interview and, and got a job offer from him and it's been been here ever since then yep that was back in 2011 2011 yeah and uh your your first uh, uh attempt not attempt actually you have the office your first win as mm-hmm. district attorney and in, in fourth just excuse me fourth judicial district um happened when so that was i'm in my first term now so yeah. that would have been uh four years ago You're i was campaigning year. and then yeah so 2021 is when I was sworn in. Okay. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, 21. Yeah. What was that like? It was it was surreal. Um, you know, you, when you start out as a prosecutor, and this and this is universal, um, you don't necessarily know are you going to make a career out of it or not. And and we experience this a lot where we get get young graduates. They come into a DA's office. They want to get trial experience, and then cash in on the public uh, on the private sector, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in a private firm somewhere. Sure. Um, 
you know, having worked with a lot of really good prosecutors and relied on a lot of people, including Dan May and George Brockler, who was a DA up in the 18th, uh, really relied on advice from them. It was surreal to be uh, sort of now walking in their footsteps and, and carrying that mantle for the 4th Judicial District. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great honor of mine to, to serve this community. It's a great honor to play a really integral part in what public safety means in this community, and, and I look forward to continuing that, that service. Well, you've done a fantastic job, uh, Michael, with law enforcement here because, you know, our first responders, bless their hearts, they're out there beating their head against the wall trying to get their hands around this. And, uh, you know, what we allow – as a as a culture, you know, in terms of misbehavior, mm-hmm. um, and now what's what's being considered a crime and what's not being considered a crime. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the true the the lines are blurring, um, for better or worse. Uh, I, I I submit for worse. Um, I mean, that's got to be a steep climb, you know, because you're going against the morality of a declining civilization. It yeah. seems like, you yeah. Know. I mean, it, it's it's really troubling to me that. The idea that there's a truth out there is becoming more blurred, to use your words. Um, that there's not this idea that there's good and bad in the world anymore, that yeah. everything can be rationalized away. And I just don't believe that's true, especially when people are hurting other people. That's That, to me, is a, a clear distinction. All right. We're back in a minute. We're going to get to know some of his policies and some of the ways he, fe- he sees uh, public safety here in El Paso and Teller counties. Back in a moment with Michael Allen. The news and events that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. Hi, back here. Third quarter already on an Air Force home football day here in Southern Colorado. Glad you're with us, friends. Uh, We're hanging out with our district attorney who has been a champion for law and order here in Southern Colorado. I'm with Michael Allen. He is uh, district attorney for Fourth Judicial District here in El Paso and Teller County. So glad you're with us, my friend. Well, thanks for having me. Navy or not. (laughs) But I digress. All on the same team. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. It's us against the world. So, uh, look, I I just really appreciate what, what you and your office have brought to bear Public safety was a huge issue in the last mayoral election, and uh, you're you're really philosophically and practically implementing what we've promised to do, uh, which is back our police force. Obviously, there's misconduct in the police force, just like any other organization, but uh, those are pretty isolated events, uh, and we as a populace need to really be – uh, standing with uh, the folks who know right from wrong. Uh, and most of us do, uh, and people get sideways here. But your message is loud and clear. If you came here to misbehave, you're probably going to get sideways with your office. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it really you're hitting on an important principle, too, the idea that for us to do our jobs in the DA's office to prosecute cases, we have to rely on good law enforcement that can go out and do the investigations, give us good cases, make sure that the witnesses are all squared away, And we're lucky here in the 4th Judicial District. We have great law enforcement uh, servants in the community doing really good work uh, at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And we rely on them to do the work that we do. And and we've got great relationships with them from, you know, the uh, local police departments all the way up to the federal agencies as well to make sure that we're doing the best job we possibly can. And I'm really proud of the relationships we have on that front. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you first responders listening out there. Never, ever take that for granted. Um, well, let's talk about law and order here in Southern Colorado. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a strong sheriff. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, we have strong police force and, yeah. and great relationships with feds, federal agencies that protect us as well. Uh, wh- what are some of the, I, I mean, where do we fall off the rails, Michael, as far as, okay, if you break into a car and steal people's stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this is a remedial example, but it sure. happens. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of times the system is just so overwhelmed that a lot of counties and districts around the country are saying, you know what? We don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. And that's what really the criminals are counting on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like organized crime, but the individual criminal knows that, you know, they're probably going to get away with it. You know, the snatch and grab stuff mm-hmm. that you see in L.A. all the time. And you know, you and I have talked about Gascon and, and kind of that ridiculous sideshow that's going on out there. Um, how are you differentiating your office, your district attorneys to stay the course, do the right thing? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is you mentioned Gascon out in L.A. and other, you know, DA's offices in the in the country where they've decided to really look at status as opposed to did a crime occur. Amen, brother. And, and then deciding whether they should or should not prosecute. The funny thing here in Colorado is that a similar approach has been taken by our legislature where they're changing the laws to have the same basic effect, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm proud about for our office and for the 4th Judicial District, including the law enforcement agencies that are doing the investigations, is that we've refused to compromise. That's one of the tenets uh, uh, that I mentioned to the Board of County Commissioners recently is that in the face of all this criminal justice reform, we are still going to man the watch. We're still going to be there for victims. We're still going to fight hard for them and make sure that we can do the best we can despite what's happening and what's coming down to us from Denver. And we've done that. We, you know, This, this year we've already actually surpassed – for the first time ever, 400 jury trials wow. uh, here in the 4th Judicial District. That's unheard of. Um, no yeah. other judicial district in the state of Colorado is coming anywhere close to the number of jury trials that we do. We just recently surpassed 20,000 case filings for the year. So we're working hard, uh, doing the best we can, despite what's happening, being sent to us uh, through law change by our legislature. Now, you and I talked on the business program about you know the statistics of, of prosecutions in even in Denver County versus yeah. here. Give us an idea what some of those were. Yeah, so the you know the uh, Common Sense Institute did a study recently to look at what's happening you know, between Colorado Springs and Denver, and really looking at are the police departments doing roughly the same type of work? And they are. Their their solve rates are essentially the same, uh, mm-hmm. percentage points off. Uh, the difference is is that Denver is filing about thirty percent of the cases that are presented to them from the police department, whereas we're filing, I think it was 96% of the cases that are presented to us. That's a huge gap. It's a huge gap. Wow. And, and it really indicates the willingness uh, and the commitment to public safety that we have down here that maybe is not shared in other parts of the state. And what what, what do you accredit, for lack of a better phrase, to that mindset of only prosecuting 30%? You know, I, I, I really can't speculate as to why somebody would choose to take that tact with a uh, public service job. This is, after all, we should be, as, a, as elected DAs, reflecting what the community demands. And we know that down here in Colorado Springs, the 4th Judicial District, El Paso and Teller Counties, that the public is, they demand a certain level of public safety, mm-hmm. and we aim to give it to them. I would be shocked to learn that people that live in the Denver area don't want the same level of public safety and wouldn't demand more out of their DA's offices up there, but uh, for some reason they haven't, and and we yet hold that commitment to our community. Is there some other driving force there, Michael, do you think? I mean, I, not to be conspiratorial, yeah. but, yeah. Um, you know, are there other driving forces that say, you know what, guys, we're, we're not going to prosecute that? You know, 
the uh, in the dark recesses, you wonder if is it a way to dramatically remake a community? I think that could be at, at the heart of it as well. Mm-hmm. That if you change the way that the criminal justice system works. Uh, you allow crime to become rampant, then it also breeds the idea that government can get bigger to provide the answers for whatever problems that they're participating in creating, actually. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's a good way to deal with it. I think that, uh, you know, we all have an inherent dignity as humans. We all have an inherent ability and uh, should be able to enjoy our freedoms uh, with that as little government intrusion as possible until some crime has been occurred, and then that's when we step in and sort of stand up for the people that can't stand up for themselves. So for the average bear, differentiate, because uh, this is an important point, I think, uh, differentiate trying to legislate morality versus upholding law and order. Yeah, I think that just, you just get into a the idea that um, it's a slippery slope, that if you start trying to redefine what truth is, then then you start to go down that slippery slope of, uh, saying, well, you know, because somebody is worse off, it, we should excuse their bad behavior mm-hmm. and actually, in uh, you know, reward them for their bad behavior by not prosecuting them uh, for whatever crime that might have occurred. That, to me, seems like a bad thing because at the end of the day, every crime has victims on the other end of it. If, right. if somebody's car is stolen, there's a victim on the other end of that that has to deal with the ramifications of their car being stolen. If their house is broken into... Uh, even though they aren't hurt, there is still an intrusion into their private space and that is going to security. Yeah, yep. sense of security. Yep. And uh, I can tell you as a as a youngster, um, you know, my parents were divorced. We lived with my mom in a uh, an apartment complex, and our apartment was broken into. Mm. And the uh, the shattering that that had to the sense of security we had in our home, our private space uh, was something that was it was weird to deal with, um, and it took Pretty a long profound. time to yeah, very profound sticks with you for a long time. And I wonder, honestly, if that somehow plays a role in how I became a prosecutor as well. That's mm-hmm. somewhere in, in the recesses of my mind. That certainly makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, we do try, you know, I think the, the conservative movement has really tried to, they, they've overplayed their hand on trying to legislate morality. Um, but if we can get to a place where, you know, there's self-responsibility, there's accountability for our behavior, our actions, even our words, um, but we do, we have missed this, this critical point of there is a victim on the other side of those crimes. I mean, you just underscored it right there. Um, but we've seemed to have grown this tremendous empathy for, for the criminal right. and not the victim. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and from where you're sitting, that's a, a misplaced compassion. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the idea that. You've seen a lot of these studies that have looked at the offender profiles mm-hmm. um, to try to engender that compassion for them, which maybe is okay to have uh, in certain circumstances. But when you only focus on half of the equation, so the offender half, and you ignore the victim half, then you're not telling a, a true story about what's happening in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And so until we can get to and drill down into the stats on what does the victim profile look like? we're not going to be able to tell the truth about what's actually happening in criminal justice. And that's been one of my big beefs with some of the analytics that we see uh, in studying criminal justice is that they're purposely only going after half of the equation to, to mislead people into mm. criminal justice reform. So you talked about uh, El Paso and Taylor County in this particular district prosecuting 96% of the cases brought to you. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary workload. So your office, like you said, is very, very busy. Um, how's your conviction rate? 
it's really good. So mm-hmm. generally speaking, between uh, you know filed cases, most cases in the criminal justice system plead out, and that's true in our office. It's mm-hmm. you know can range between ninety and ninety five percent. And then as far as trials, we've actually never been more successful at trials than we have been this year either. So when we're also doing more trials, we're also getting uh, more successful at them. Our young attorneys are learning how to do that process in a much more effective way. And we're winning more jury trials than we ever have in the past, too. And it's it's a cohesive effort between frontline first responders uh, and, and law enforcement and then the judicial process. I mean, you put better cases together when you're working together. Uh, again, it's not us against them so much. It's us against the wrong That's right. that was affected on someone else. That's right. And we can't lose sight of that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I get it. Compassion. Uh, not all not all people grew up with the same opportunities. I understand that. But when you're on the victim side of this, folks, um, whether it's a, a burglary all the way to somebody who's taken a life of someone you love uh, or something even – believe it or not, more horrific than that. Um, you know, we have to maintain the focus on what was taken away from those people uh, and hold the ones that did it accountable. I'm hanging out with District Attorney Michael Allen, who uh, in my book has got uh, his eye on the right process. He's working hand in glove with law enforcement officers across the region here. And uh, we want to keep our way of life down here in our public safety top of mind. We're back in a minute, and we're going to get into how he can maintain this office without running into some of those dark recesses, as he called them earlier. Back in a moment. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. All right, we are in the red zone. Uh, it's fourth quarter here with True North. I'm hanging out with District Attorney Michael Allen, who is running for re-election next November 2024. Big election year for us all. Uh, hope you got your seatbelts on because it's going to be an interesting ride on all fronts. But uh, here in our little neck of the woods, El Paso, Teller County, and Southern Colorado, we've got an amazing law enforcement officer here in the courts. Michael Allen, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you. Uh, great family. Won't hold it against me. He's a Navy guy because they're out there protecting our waters and, and borders that way. Uh, so we appreciate his service. Uh, he's a University of Kansas uh, law degree graduate. He's got his JD out of there, and he brought it home here to Colorado to serve the good people here in El Paso and Teller County. So, uh, you know, we were talking about this balance between uh, mercy, if you will, and uh what needs to be enforced, you know? Yeah. Uh, you called it what? Putting down the hammer? Dropping <laughs> so the hammer. Dropping yeah. the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a tough act. To, that's a tough act to maintain. Yeah, it's it, but it's important. I think that the best prosecutors are the ones that can distinguish between did somebody make a bad decision that steered them into a criminal act that we can then maybe give them the tools and steer them back out of the criminal justice system? And then distinguishing that between the really bad actors, the evil in the world that actually exists, that we fight every single day, 
in dropping the hammer on those folks and making sure that they can't hurt people going forward. So to me, that's what makes a really good prosecutor, somebody that can make that distinction, can see the different shades of gray, and then use the tools that we have available to us to really address what we need to be doing. So what is the competitive uh, positioning of, of your opponents out there? I mean, what are they arguing for or against? Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear when you look at what happened with the, with the fentanyl fight, that's still ongoing, by the way. Uh, we actually just had a really big verdict earlier this week on a lady that smuggled fentanyl into the jail and it led to somebody else dying from the fentanyl that she brought in. That's right. Uh, the sheriff's office did a really good job investigating and working that case. And then we got a, a the, actually historic, the first uh, jury trial uh, guilty verdict in the state of Colorado under the new fentanyl law happened here in the fourth judicial district on that case. Excellent. So, um, you know, it, it just takes everybody working on towards that same goal of, of making sure that we're keeping our eye on, what can make our community more safe, whether mm-hmm. it's diverting somebody or dropping the hammer and making sure that they are not in a position to hurt us in the future? So what what are the, I mean, as the, you know, the election comes, we're probably mm-hmm. going to see one or two folks crop up. Yeah. Um, what, what are their talking yeah. points yeah. that are counter to what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, you know, you see um, people that want to take a softer approach to crime, uh, maybe go down the route of only accepting 30% of the cases that the police department um, presents to a, to a DA's office, maybe uh, not going after people that are distributing drugs and killing people. I call fentanyl dealers. I call them death dealers because that's essentially what they're doing. They're that's putting exactly death on the streets. Doing. Yeah. Um, and, and there are people in the community that would say, you know what, we need to treat those people that are dealing death on our streets in a different way and not so punitive. And I say, if you're killing people, then you ought to go somewhere else where you're behind bars and can't hurt people going forward. All right. Well, it seems common sense to me. It seems common sense to me as well. <laughs> and uh, gladly so, uh, the majority of folks here in El Paso and Teller counties. Uh, but we got to hang on to your job here. Uh, first of all, you want the job. Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, that's the funny thing that I learned in the first campaign is, Essentially, it's a it's a really long drawn out job interview mm-hmm. with eight hundred some thousand fan, uh, f- friends in the community, right? That right. are that you're going to saying, hey, this these are my ideas. Would you hire me to be your district attorney? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing again now to to keep the job and to continue serving in the way that I have been. And that is, hey, this is what we've accomplished over the this first term. And would you be willing to have me as DA again? And I hope that uh, that I can be successful on this campaign. So what don't people understand about these elections, Michael, as far as how these these wackadoodle agendas somehow get on the ballot Mm -hmm. and then find a place in the conversation that appeals to a certain demographic? And it's typically a minority of people. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say you mentioned it, I think, very early on in this discussion about the idea that it. We've got to pay attention to what's happening in our elections. We've got to be willing to uh, invest some time to do the research that we need to do and then finish that, culminate it with a vote. With and, a vote. and if yeah. you're if you're only doing part of that process, then you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the community a disservice as well. Uh, sometimes we get what we deserve by not voting or, or not paying attention to what's happening. And I hope that uh, people down here are paying attention to what's happening in the criminal justice realm and are willing to cast a vote for me. Well, you know, the American experiment is certainly not the perfect structure, uh, but it's certainly the best one humanity's come up with in a long time. Absolutely. Uh, And law and order has got to be at the backbone of that. Absolutely. 
the uh, the experiment, the American experiment, is something that is ongoing. Right, yeah. we've been at it for over two hundred years now. It's never going to be perfect. Nothing that humans do can ever be perfect. Right, uh, but we can always strive to be more perfect, and that's actually what our founding documents say. Right, in order to form a more perfect union, mm-hmm. and that's something that we all need to be working towards every single day. I certainly appreciate that. Well, tell us a, a little bit more about the opposition, because uh, you know a lot of people when they read these ballot issues. Um, they're ver- they're buried in pork, you know. But the the election for individuals is pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's who do you know and understand, right? Uh, and a lot of times, folks just don't know and understand what the opposition is because they use words that are manipulative mm-hmm. and redirect their attention to a heartstring, right, or something else like the words compassion, right, and uh, rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people just aren't wired to be rehabilitated in this life. There's a lot of damage in their life, and God bless them, and they've been hurt and wounded in their own way, but we can't pay for the sins of everybody, um, you know, through, through expensive programs that are often ineffective. I mean, sometimes it's, it's just a function of law and order. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, that we've learned is that if somebody wrongs somebody else, there's actually some healing process that goes with paying for whatever bad thing that you've done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's also at the heart of this thing, that if sometimes when people are held accountable, that helps them actually get to a better place, uh, even though it may be difficult for them at the time that they're being held accountable. But it also recognizes the inherent dignity of the victim on the other side of things. Too. We've lost sight of that. Absolutely. As a culture in a Absolutely. lot of ways, but not here in El Paso and Teller County. So as I said earlier, if you've come here to misbehave, you're probably going to get sideways with uh, district attorney's office here. Um, those oppositions, dark money flows into these elections. Um, you know, it has in, in California on a mm-hmm. mammoth scale right. uh, where you have a, kind of a lunatic at the helm over there. Um we need to understand they do use those tricky words, but uh, we need to understand that it is dark money. Um, your campaign operates wide open in the daylight. It does. And yep. how can people get in, involved in that? Yeah, so uh, you can get involved by either checking us out on social media, Michael Allen, 4DA, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, all those things. Mm-hmm. I guess X now, right? Right. <laughs> um, I always forget that. Yep. Uh, you can check out the website, Michael Allen, the number four da.com. Uh, you can email me at Michael at Michael Allen, the number four da.com. And it really comes down to, are we, do we have the resources to, to really run this campaign the way that we need to? We're on a really good track so far. Good. And we want to continue that, that track of, uh, bringing in, you know, campaign donations that people generously give us. And so you can do that on the web page as well. Well, we have to invest yeah. uh, in, our, in our individual uh, futures here and in public safety as we all want to define it. Uh, so what can the individual do uh, and what can a family do? Yeah. So uh, campaign limits for my race are $450 per person. So a married couple can do $900 max. That's max for the entirety of the campaign. Mm-hmm. So when you compare it to other races, uh, you know, um, like mayor, federal cases, yeah. uh, uh, Positions like Senate or, or oh, sure. uh, rep or something like that. It's actually a bargain <laughs> campaign to invest in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our campaign limits are, are tighter than most other races. Uh, I was teasing Sheriff Royball about that. His his campaign limits are, I think, over $1,000. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, my, my race is a bargain compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. But thank goodness, because uh, yeah. he, he's also uh, one of the advocates out absolutely. there for he, law and order. Yeah, Sheriff Royball is doing fantastic work. 
we've got a great relationship with him. And in fact, earlier this week, there was an article in the Gazette about the, that fentanyl case I was mentioning where we were both quoted in there and, and just a great partnership. Well, you're doing a great job on these big high profile cases. Unfortunately, we have uh, far too many these days. Uh, you know, the, the funeral parlor down in, uh, where was it, Penrose? Yeah, well, there was a couple locations here, but Penrose is the one that really was ga- gathering all the news Oof. attention. Yeah. So, I mean, people just, they, they take shortcuts, they misbehave, and, you know, we got to hold them into account, folks. And you need a strong district attorney's office. You got one minute to give us your closing argument. Yeah, so just want to continue the service to the community. I'm a prosecutor at heart, not a politician. Unfortunately, the role of district attorney is an elected position. Mm-hmm. But by choosing to support me, you're choosing to support public safety. You're choosing to support a prosecutor for the position of district attorney. And I just hope to win your vote. Well, we certainly appreciate it, Mr. Allen. Uh, what you know, When you do get your hands around a, an amazing case and you've won and you've kind of kicked butt, mm-hmm. uh, what's your jam song, brother? Uh, it's funny. So we were talking about that off air. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick one, depending on the mood, it might be ACDC. Um, Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck, yeah. yeah that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. I love that riff. Gets, get, can get the blood pumping. It certainly can. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you, Michael Allen, District Attorney for the 4th Judicial District here in Southern Colorado, El Paso, and Teller Counties, to be precise. And uh, we are on an Air Force Falcon football Saturday here in Southern Colorado. Go Falcons! Let's beat the Revs of UNLV. Let's go 9-2. and two. Let's go 10-2. and two. Let's go to a big bowl game. Folks, get out there. Have a hot dog and a beer and have some fun. You've been listening to True North. Thank you, Ramos Law, for bringing us this program. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.